guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another ESL podcast again, as promised. Guys, this is the reading, this is the follow-up from our vocabulary session in terms of what I've talked about in yesterday's podcast. So if you have not heard yesterday's podcast, you need to tune into that one, then revert yourself back on over here and listen to this bad boy. So, episode number 98. Guys, we are too shy of 100. It's the first 100 episode season. I am so happy because I am doing so many new things that keeps you guys on your heels. And with that being said, guys, today is reading. What's next for marketing? What I'm going to do is I'm going to read a couple of things. And you know what? You are going to pick, have to pick out some of these key words within the sentence so that you can make sense of what I am talking about. And then I will explain after and use examples. I love doing this reading. Now, if you want to read it yourself, you are more than welcome to. You can stop this podcast and go on over to thearseniobuckshow.com and check that out. If not, you guys can, of course, listen to me. So what's next for marketing? It's you. So, first paragraph. They say that the average person is exposed to thousands of advertisements every day. They're on billboards, banners, TV, and increasingly on our mobiles, too. Not surprisingly, people have grown tired of advertising and cynical about the claims that adverts make. Marketers are having to find innovative ways to reach potential customers, and they're turning to social media to do so. So, basically, we're no longer into the TV ads. You know, some TV ads in America, they're very, very difficult to watch compared to what ads they have out here in Thailand. Um, The ads out here, it deals a lot with skin whitening, which is, like, really, really sad. But, nonetheless, the ads out here, they're not forcing themselves to be funny as opposed to America. So, in America, they still, I can't believe it, but cars, uh, dealerships are still making ads about cars. I mean, I understand that you want to and, you know, making all, and it's the same thing over and over. So, what are they going to do next? Next paragraph. People nowadays want to be informed about products and get opinions from people they trust. According to a recent survey, Nearly three-quarters of consumers turn to social media networks to help them to make a decision about what to buy. A recommendation from a friend or someone they know has more credibility than any advertisement or product review. So, marketers have realized that they need to encourage people to talk about their products online. So... The next paragraph. One way they're doing this is through so-called online influencers. An influencer can be anyone who has an influence over other people's purchasing decisions. Traditionally, these have been celebrities who are used by marketing companies to endorse brands. But savvy consumers are becoming wise to this kind of advertising. Celebrities are known to have representatives who dictate much of their lives and decisions in their Also paid huge sums of money for endorsement deals. So if you look at Jordan, the people, you know, Adidas endorses Nike. uh, Adidas endorses some of these big, uh, what is it, big NBA players, NFL players, football players, you name it. Nike, Herbalife, as a matter of fact, something that I'm into. It endorsed uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Pepsi endorsed Messi. And I'm like, Messi, you have no respect whatsoever for yourself if you're promoting 
a drink that kills people. Good job, Messi. It's all about money for you. You know what I mean? But hey, you know what? If you want to make that money, fine. But influencers, just as I told you on yesterday's podcast in terms of what had happened at the Fire Festival, they got the 10 most powerful and I guess through the eyes of the media and people around the world, the most beautiful models, and they had them come to an island together. And the sure firepower of their Instagrams and the people that follow them, they started creating awareness for that festival. And then not only that, but if you go after the biggest Instagrammers out there, also known as the Kardashian sisters, who have possibly close to a 500 million in total following base, one of them, who had about 100 million or has about 100 million, I have no idea what her name is, um, she promoted the, of course, fire Festival. So, we're talking 100 million people potentially saw that with an even far, a more far reach, or a further reach, which is amazing. And this is how you're able to get the word out there about a lot of different things. This is, so, this is social media. But now, with celebrities, people, we get it. We know what Adidas is doing. They're trying to endorse all these athletes. I know what they're doing. I know what Puma's doing. It's just, you know, so they could show their brand and this and that. We already know what that game is. We're talking about other things like the little guy, the middle class, the lower class who's looking to promote specific products and whatnot. This is especially critical because now they could pay influencers not even that much. It could be a thousand or ten thousand dollars just so they could get their product out there more to other consumers out, you know, around the world. So like Skillshare. Skillshare, I have no idea what that is, but Tom Bilyeu promotes that on his podcast because he has a massive following base now. And so Tom Bilyeu being just another podcaster, and he's like the CEO of Quest, Quest Nutrition Bars, which is weird. I don't really consider him to be a CEO. But um, it doesn't look like he knows a lot about protein and making bars and all that stuff. But anyways, yeah, so he represents Skillshare. So during his podcast and on the Apple Store, you would hear these ads pop up out of nowhere about Skillshare and it becomes increasingly annoying, such as like TV commercial ads. Because here I am trying to get some information about a couple of things and I just keep hearing this ad over and over. So that could be annoying, but at the same time, this is how brands such as Skillshare and other ones endorse or they actually, you know, get influencers who have a very large following base to say, hey, you know what? Can you give me a shout out and I'll pay you this amount so they could get people who are listening over to that, over to their platform. Does that make sense? So more recently, bloggers and video bloggers have taken over as the ones with the real power. So if you look at PewDiePie, now remember, PewDiePie has 100 million YouTube followers now that is unbelievable because you know what? If you put your product on there, I don't know where, I think he's from Sweden. I can't remember. But again, but the thing is, you have to also know who the audience is that these specific people have. Pootie Pie, his audience, I wouldn't say they are all brain dead, but they're all children. They're all like weird, uh, not weird, but they're just interesting characters. So. I wouldn't try to promote my educational services on PewDiePie's channel. They, I don't even have the money to actually offer. And so he would probably say, oh, no, you're going to have to pay me about $5 million a post. That's how crazy it is. That's the real power. They have more power than any celebrity out there. So bloggers and vloggers 
are seen as more authentic and relatable than celebrities, right? Because we can never touch a celebrity. The majority of these celebrities never do meet and greets. They never meet their fans. They never talk to fans. It's just like, ah, shoulder shrug. Don't really care. Yeah, you make a lot of money. Yeah, you do this and that. But all of that is inauthentic. So with bloggers and video bloggers and whatever, it could be more authentic, although that's not necessarily true because a lot of them don't really respond to anyone's responses. But in saying that, People and viewers have a tendency of trust in their advice, and they also tend to focus on one particular area such as fashion, fitness, or technology versus other, you know, celebrities that focus on everything. So let's look at some of these vloggers, okay? We have Tanya Burr and Zoe Sugg, okay? Also known as Zoella. They're two beauty vloggers. They record videos in their homes covering everything from makeup tutorials to best buys, with millions of followers, they now work with companies who pay them to promote their brands. So remember I told you I started teaching a student just recently who actually grabbed Thailand, grab card, just like Uber. Prom she promotes, and so they pay her a lump sum every time she promotes, and she has a lot of things she does on radio, TV, you name it. She's a very, very – that's the influence. So pretty amazing, right? So they actually pay her to promote their brands so they could get – uh, a like a further reach out there, a wider audience. So let's look at the game Felix, okay? Uh, Felix, I can't even pronounce his last name, Gelberg or PewDiePie, like I said. They both record themselves playing video games, and they've done little brand promotion to date. But sales of games increased dramatically after appearing on his channel. So if they play a specific game like Fortnite, Fortnite was never popular. Now Fortnite, they have a World Cup where a 16-year-old kid just won $3 million. And, you know, a lot of parents say, oh, you know what? Video games, they are not – there's no career with video games. <laughs> your son just made your entire Fort Knox over 40 years of working scary. Pretty insane, huh? So anyways, if you go further with that, video bloggers hold particular say, okay, when it comes to young people. So in one study, there's like, uh, what is it, about 1,500 teenagers were asked to compare celebrity and online influencers with 20 well-known personalities to choose from, half of them from the world of sports, TV and music, and half online stars. The teens ranked the online stars as most popular. The online influencers also came out on top in terms of approachability, authenticity, and other criteria. So, marketing companies are also encouraging ordinary people to create a buzz about their products online. So, Pepsi Max, for example, launched a campaign in which they challenged fans to perform a series of social media tasks, including tweeting why they like to drink more than the rival brand. Prizes such as a, you know, as a TV or a year's supply of Pepsi were offered in return for completing the tasks quickly. And the most successful fans went on to compete for a prize trip. The brand had over 7,000 entries and more than 50,000 people visited the competition website. Samsung turned to fans to create excitement before a launch of a new Galaxy smartphone. Instead of allowing people to wait in line to buy the phone, Samsung created a virtual queue. Pretty smart, right? People could sign up and create a profile. And then they could move up the queue by talking about the product online. The more likes, tweets, comments they generated about the phone, the closer they got to the front of the queue. The results of the campaign were, hey, <laughs> were impressive. 12,000 
got involved in 74,000 shares. So these marketing strategies, okay, have been adopted by small companies on a local level, okay? One little known South African, uh, what is it, retailer created a campaign in which visitors uh, offered like 10, it, it was just, there are so many different things, especially this little South African um, retailer, where you're able to communicate with people on a very, very personal or impersonal level versus other brands that would never give at, you know, someone like me a look. It's kind of like if I say, you know what? I love Under Armour so much. I love Under Armour. I love Under Armour. I love Under Armour. They don't care. They don't care. They only care about the people who actually have the power. Now that there are influencers, and the thing is, yes, there are good influencers and there are bad influencers. I completely understand that. But in paying them instead of actually trying to approach a massive company like Pepsi, you're going to be able to get your product in front of a very, very wide reach of people. So, guys, it's very, I'm telling you, just like, that's why when I watched the Fire Festival and everything, uh, I was just amazed because with the influencers and the power of the influencers and especially the people who followed the influencers, they were able to make such a substantial ripple effect out there in the world um as a matter of fact with the south african uh what is it i forgot what the story was but i think they were offering their shop uh, i don't know ten dollar coupon if they would take a selfie of themselves you know trying on the clothes and tweeted it using the you know the company's hashtag guess what it generated a lot a pizza company had another inspired idea when they offered to reduce the price of the main pizza the day according to how many people tweeted a particular hashtag before lunchtime. And guess what? That pizza ended up going half price. Word of mouth publicity. Word of mouth, just like I explained on the last podcast. So it seems as if all this social media, breaking down the barriers between advertisers and potential buyers, people like being informed about products by people they actually know. And so what does that mean for the future of marketing? Perhaps that products will be promoted more and more by people who really use them. Not like the Cristiano Ronaldo saying, yes, I use Herbalife. Not like the other people who wear all these brands. Like on the the, the jersey, the, I remember Man U back in the early 2000s, they had Dreamcast on their jersey. And I'm like, how come you don't have the words Manchester United on your jersey? But no, it's because these brands pay them a lot of money to actually wear that. So they get their name in front of so many audiences around the world. And then that brings, again, a lot of talk. Okay, what's what's Dreamcast? What's Sony? You would see all these game, these video game consoles on the front of European football clubs in the beginning of the 2000s and at, in the late 1990s. It's because they wanted to create that awareness. There wasn't any internet at the time. <laughs> the internet was barely born at the time. Some people would say, no, the internet wasn't. No, 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 no. Not like it is today. And sure as hell not like it was like 10 years ago, okay? So... Again, it makes you think, right? And we got a lot of other tasks. We're going to be talking about listening, some more advertising throughout this, uh, well, as a matter of fact, starting next Monday. But I might put TOEFL idioms on Monday, so stay tuned for that. And I do want to include a TOEIC. So you guys stay tuned, that, tuned for that, too. So with that being said, guys, I'm telling you, I'm so excited about all this advertising stuff because... Hey, it just creates an awareness that, hey, everyone has, there's no more one person has power. There's no more Messi, Ronaldo, LeBron James has power. Now we have the power. 
And with the power of influence and developing a wide variety of things, you will be able to, of course, develop and you could create a brand online. And you know what? You could build a thousand dollar, tens of thousand, one hundred thousand dollar empire by what? Hey, figuring out what you love to do and creating a brand from it. So with that being said, guys, welcome to the online world of selling and advertising. You can get ready right now if you'd like to. Just like my Arsenio's ESL podcast, right? So with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you like, share, and rate it on the Apple Podcast Store, whatever platform you listen to it on. I would absolutely appreciate it. And until then, stay tuned for more. I'm your host, as always, over and out.